You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, your host, and in the studio with me today is Mr. Mark Bird with Revive Ohio. Hello, how are you? Good day, Angie. All right, today we are in part two of humility. Humility is something that I think that we all say we hope that we're humble because that's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes we fall a little bit short, but that's okay. We're still learning and growing. But we have a really great example on how to really achieve humility. And what is that today? That example is Jesus himself, which is always the best example that we can have. Yes, absolutely. In every situation. And so we have to really look at his life because that's who we're modeling. So if we're saying that we're servants of Jesus Christ, then he's our master. He's the one that's modeling this for us. And in fact, he did. In fact, he did it very well. And so that is the example that we're to learn from. And so how did Jesus himself walk out in humility? Whether you're a believer or not, Angie, I would think if you went out on the streets and just took a poll and said, do you think Jesus was humble? I think mm-hmm. whether you're a believer or not, I think the answer would be yes. Yes. People yeah. think Jesus was humble, right? I think that you're right. I think it's well known. And so how was he well known for being humble? Well, let's look at the example from Scripture. We're still in Philippians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 6 today. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, and that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's so much information in here. This could be a sermon for days. It could, obviously, (laughs) for weeks. What's interesting to me is if you look at all of those scriptures, because you could teach out of all of them. All of them. If you look at all of them, Angie, through the lens of humility, because I love that because in verse 8 there it says, he humbled himself. That's the foundation of all of this. And yet, even though most people would say he was a humble man, whether you're a believer in him or not, it's saying here that he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, that alone, if you just took that scripture out of context, that doesn't look like humility. Well, what? He considered himself equal with God? That doesn't look like a humble person, right? Mm -hmm. But yet most people would agree he was definitely a man of humility. But the foundation that is being laid, it said he humbled himself and became obedient in verse 8 to the point of death. Mm. Because most people understand even even in other religions, like almost all other religions acknowledge Jesus, mm-hmm. and they say he was a good man, or he was a prophet, or he was several other descriptions of being a good person, if you will, but he was God. And here's the truth that is so amazing, because everybody knows that he became obedient in humility to the point of death, and I think everybody would agree that he was innocent. 
Mm-hmm. So that is the teaching. He humbled himself because he was found guilty of something that he was actually not guilty of. Mm. He was not guilty of what he got charged with. And as we know as believers, he could have called down legions of angels to save himself, quote unquote. But yet humility looked like I needed to do this to finish the job because I needed to do this because it is the will of God. Mm, Yeah. And I love that because he's obedient to the will of God, even to the point of death. That's modeling humility. Absolutely. And and I mean, even beyond verse eight, it says right off the bat that he being in the very nature God, yes, he didn't consider himself equal to God, something to be used to his own advantage. That's what my translation says, but rather he made himself nothing. Yeah. And I love that. How do you practically make yourself nothing? And still serve God. Right. And he took on the form of a servant. Again, we've talked about this, but I think it is key to all of this, right? His attitude was an attitude of service. He became a servant. It all goes back to motivation. Oh, it does. And so what was Christ's motivation for what he did? I think his motivation for what he did was to reconcile the world unto God. Yeah, and ultimately love. We talked about this, if we, if we went back to last week's teaching, right off the bat, we're talking about love. This is the ultimate picture of love because he laid down his life in order for us to not have to pay that price. Right, and I said that we could be reconciled to God. That's a churchy word. Yeah. Right again, but what that means is we can have right relationship with God again in spite of ourselves. Mm. So there was a requirement for sin. There was a penalty that had to have been paid to pay for the sins of the people. And yet humility said, I will pay that price. I don't know that you and I would do that. No. I think that would be a pretty darn hard thing to do. How hard would it be just for us to go and stand trial for someone being tried for murder and take that penalty? Yeah let alone take upon the sins of all the world. All the world. Yeah, all the world. That's And that, that weighed very heavily on him, which you can continue to read in the Gospels, that he felt every bit of it. Yeah, Angie. One thing I want to point out, too, here in verse 9, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name above every name. God exalted him. Again, we've talked about this and touched on this, but I'm going to dig into another scripture real quick because it says God has exalted him. So he humbled himself and then God exalted him. And in James chapter four, in verses six to eight, it says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And here we go in verse eight, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And then finally, verse 10, I'm skipping down a verse, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And so Jesus never asked us to do something that he didn't model. Mm, Amen. That's the key. So he did humble himself before the Lord. And the Lord, it says back in Philippians 2, 9, God has highly exalted him because he humbled himself. Do you think it would work the same for us? I believe it does. I believe that it is. I don't think he did it just 
to be an example, but he did it because that is the way that we should walk it out. Well, in that way, we can't be quote unquote humble just in order to be lifted up later. Right. That's not a guarantee. No. But we should do it because isn't it back to that we're compelled to do it because of this wonderful grace that we've been given? Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I want to serve God ultimately, and it starts with humility. It does. And your desire to serve him. I think that's the key, Angie. That's what you said. My desire is to serve him. That's my motivation. Back that's to motivation. motivation. <laughs> it always comes back to that, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And I think that's what God's looking for when it says God looks upon the heart. He doesn't look on the outward appearance, but he looks on the heart. I think he's looking for our motivation. Yeah. And that's how we can do some self-examination. We talked about that a little bit last week. Right. That we do need to figure out what is our motivation. And it could be very simple. It could be, why do I want to stand up in front of the church and sing a song, a special mm. song? Why do I want to do that? And this is something I've had to wrestle with as a worship leader and a performer. Right. And so, and you probably have too, because totally. you've done the both. And it's hard to separate that. It's a struggle for those of us who want to be humble and don't want to puff ourselves up. But when you're performing... You have to play a role. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's a real struggle for those of us who are in that performance industry. So then I look at the artists who are in the radio and all that kind of stuff. And their thing is they're there because God has given them a gift and an opportunity and they want to serve God. That's right. By sharing their gift with people and they want to serve people. And I love it when artists, that's their heart, is those people that are standing in front of them or sitting in front of them. They want to reach their hearts and minister to them. That's yeah. the right kind of artist right there. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier, Angie, when I said Jesus did it to reconcile man to God. And so what you're saying is as a worship leader, as an example, our idea, our heart's desire is to usher people into the presence yes. of God, because that is where things happen right. in the presence of God. And in the same kind of vein, if you will, Jesus said, I want to usher my people back to a relationship with God. And one more thing on that. I think that if we're all so worried about, <laughs> and this is the key, if we think that we're up there for the wrong reasons, or if we're worried about it, it's a whole lot of we and I, <laughs> and I think we need to stop thinking about ourselves and just think about the other people. I agree. And a servant wouldn't do that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we still, we're still working on that one. <laughs> Amen. We're a work in progress. Yeah, that's for sure. Amen to that one too. So Jesus is our perfect example. And I know that there are a lot of places in scripture where even Jesus himself says you need to be a servant. As we look into Matthew 20, in verse 26, Jesus talks about that himself. So Angie, why don't you go ahead and share that with us? Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must first be a servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So yeah, it is apparent. <laughs> it shall not be so among you. Jesus is instructing his disciples to become great among you. Let him be your servant. And so if you want to be great, you want to serve. So I was thinking about this when we were talking about the practicalness of it. Angie, and you were saying, okay, well, I know I need to be humble. So is that just a religious box we check? Okay, humble, check Am I humble? Right. It's not an action. Exactly. So it's got to be a heart change, right? It definitely It's a does. posture and back to a motivation. And you do have to make a decision, a conscious decision. If you want to serve somebody, you have to make a conscious decision yeah, to do that. To put them before exactly. anything. Right. And so I think that's what Jesus is saying here. Check your heart. Make sure 
your desire is to serve and not to be served. I'm reminded that's how he shared it in the Gospel of Luke. He said, hey, you want to be great? The best leader is the best servant. Yeah. And, you know, I do believe that Jesus is the best example. And even though it may not say straight up in the scripture that Jesus was a servant and that he died on the cross as a servant, but you can watch him and anything that he did, he would see thousands and thousands of people and he would heal them all. He was serving those people with his gifts. He was going out in the midst of them and serving and his motivation was all because of love. And if we're honest, Angie, that's what motivates us mm-hmm. because we do know that about the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's what motivates us to be servants because we know that he did that. Yep. And we know that he modeled that to us. And again, like I said, he didn't just do it just to model it because that is who he is. Mm. Again, that is his motivation is love. So humility is the topic that we're covering once again today. It's time for us now to talk about our testimony. Who have we got coming up today? We have a second session with Kyle Martin, the founder and CEO of Time to Revive. And I'm so excited to dive into this same topic and let Kyle share a little bit of his heart with our listeners. Kyle, thanks again for joining us today as we continue our discussion about humility. Yeah, absolutely. What a pleasure to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Kyle, and we're diving into this. And last week we talked about this humility thing and how it's opposite of the world. The world really displays us and really tries to lead all of us in just the opposite of being humble and being humility. They, they look at it as a sign of weakness. But this week, I want to talk about what does it look like to practically walk humility out so that, again, there's no question what we want our lives to shine and exemplify is Christ. We want to exude Christ in all we do. So Kyle, how do we practically be humble so that someone that looks at our life, they view it and they say, wow, you're Christ-like because I see humility coming from you. What does that look like? Hmm. You know, my first thought is, and I really believe Christ, he teaches us in Matthew 11, we have to have a teachable spirit. I think first and foremost, like if you wanted to practically live this out, like Mark, you should be able to speak into me and I should be able to be open to saying, okay, this is how I can improve. In fact, Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, all of you take up my yoke and learn from me mm. because I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves. And so in other words, there's a component of an openness. Can I, and will I let people speak into my life? We should never get to the point that we can never hear something that our wife says to us. And even if we don't like it, we need to humble ourselves and say, you know what? You you could be right. So practically, Mark, I think you have to have an open heart. We have to have an open heart to saying, this is how I can improve. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And I'm thinking about the teachable spirit in the way that we respond to people. Because people comment all the time, right? Good, bad, and ugly. But how we respond to them really displays Mm -hmm. humility. Is that what you're saying, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. And Christ modeled that so well, even to the point when he was getting ready to go to the cross. I mean, he's being accused of all this stuff. He could have pulled the God card in a second, but he didn't. He never did. And I'm not saying he showed us in the sense of like, you know, he was receiving to learn from people, but I'm saying he listened and he was open. And I feel like we have got to get to that point. We can't get defensive. Have you ever addressed something with somebody and like, it's clearly there's an issue in their life and they would probably even admit it. But when you start talking about it, they're like, no, that's not me. That's the opposite of humility. 
Yeah, and thinking about that, Kyle, when somebody wants to sit down with you or have a quick conversation with you and they have rehearsed what they want to say to you, and if it's something like critical, <laughs> then and if you respond differently, they'll go, wow, that's not how I thought you were going to respond. Because typically yeah. when we rehearse those types of conversations in our head, we <laughs> expect a kind of a defensive reply. But when you sure. don't, that's, that's humility, right? You go, oh, hey, yeah. uh, that's not how I expected you to respond. <laughs> and that's how we grow. I mean, it, it, that's how we will grow in Christ, which means then people will say, man, I can come talk to you. Uh, to me, that's, that's one component of humility. I also think Christ very clearly uh, he addresses the fact that we have to be, uh, this is going to go along with this, but we have got to be crucified. Uh, we have to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. And so like in humility, you're open to what people are saying, but at the same time, you have to start literally letting go of these things that are truly getting in the way. It's a self-sacrificing relationship is what we're hmm. after. That makes sense. We literally are letting these things go. So practically, in order to see humility, am I willing to give up my agenda or give up my idea, yeah. <laughs> right, for the sake of Christ? Right. And the neat thing for me, Kyle, is, but you don't necessarily say that. You don't call it out, well, I'm self-sacrificing myself so that I'm going to look humble. <laughs> I mean, you don't say it that way, but that's when I've seen people model humility, uh, I see it modeled because they don't say it. They just do it, right. right? Like their response is because they've loved, listened, and discerned, and now they're responding, okay. and it's not, you know, it's not, wow, I'm super humble now because I'm making a sacrifice for you, you know? You kind of lose the humility part when you tell people that you're sacrificing this. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when you announce that I'm praying or I'm fasting. It's the same kind of concept, right? Hey, look at me. And that is, you know, really practically the opposite of humility. Isn't it funny <laughs> that we often will say the comment of, if you had to say it, you obviously aren't that. That's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. You know, in uh, Galatians 5, verse 24, it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And it's always been a weird tension for me when people push the passions and desires of their flesh Ooh. and they do it in the name of Jesus. And I don't see humility in that. And I struggle with that as well. I mean, we all struggle with that. And so I think to me, that's why you have to be open to people speaking into your lives that you can see those areas that maybe you're making that a priority, that maybe you're making that a focus. And so you have to, we have to literally be willing to crucify the flesh through Christ and people can tangibly see humility. What it really means is you're approachable. Mm. They see that in the process. You know, another word for humility, not everybody would agree with this, but I do think brokenness plays a major part in this. Yeah. And I think when, there, when there's a brokenness, you will walk out what the Holy Spirit is asking you to do. That's good. So let me ask, you deal with a lot of people on a daily basis. And there are some people who, who really want to be humble. They want to be seen. They want to be acknowledged for what they are capable of doing. And so there's this fine line. So when someone comes mm -hmm. to you and they really want to serve, but they also want to be seen as somebody who has an ability. So how do you gently deal with them? I give them a lesser role. Mm. <laughs> I ask them to do things first and foremost, to see if they'll even do it. 
And I, I'm serious. That's my filter. And my dad modeled that really well for me. My yes. dad had me sweeping the lumber yard, the lumber barn more times than you can imagine, even though my dad knew I always wanted to own my own business. But he wanted to see, am I willing to do the little things in order to get to the next step? And when people always have this mentality of being seen, but they don't want to do the legwork, man, it's an automatic a flag for me. So yeah. I always throw it back at them and say, hey, could you help me with this until we can get to that part? Can you walk me with this part in order to get to the next step? And, and you know, usually people that will balk at it, man, they don't stick around and they don't last long at all. I remember seeing the same thing modeled in worship teams. I remember going to a worship mm. team and, and I wanted to get on the worship team. And they said to me, mm. we don't know you and we want you to stick around for a few months and then we'll see how this works out. And I said, okay, that's fine with me because I don't have to be seen, right? Mm -hmm. But then later mm -hmm. on, when they finally did accept me on the team, they said, we really appreciated mm -hmm. the fact that you took that stance because that's how yeah. you weed out the people who need to be in the front wow. and the people are there that are Good. just going to serve. So worship teams is a great place to find those, sure those examples. Yeah. yeah, and you know, interestingly, when I was a pastor, that was one of the things that they would say to me a lot of, wow, you know, pastor, you're so approachable. Well, from what I'm hearing you say, Kyle, that is a symbol of humility. But I'm also, I'm also reminded that there's three kinds of people in the world. And I heard a preacher say this one time. There's those that do the will of God. There's those that don't do the will of God. And there are those that do their own will in the name of God. And that's mm -hmm. a big deal, right? And that's kind of what you're saying, Kyle. Well, you that's can right. just say it and then name tag Christ's right. name on it, and then all of a sudden that qualifies it. No, it, it really doesn't, because Jesus said you'll know them by their yeah. fruits. Yeah. The tension, I think, as folks that, you know, when you serve in leadership roles of ministries or in pastoral roles, you kind of see different sides of different people. And, you know, it's, I, I love being behind the scenes of some of these leaders. And the reason is, is I really believe the Lord highlights the genuineness of who they are in Christ. And my prayer has always been, Lord, let me model Christ to other people. And when Paul said, live like me because Christ is in me, it sounds super arrogant, but it's really not. He's really just saying, I'm walking with Christ and I want other people to live like this as well. And that's my goal. That's my goal in life is that people would, because of Christ in me, because Christ modeled the humility that I would want other people to live like my life. And first, man, it's got to start with my kids. How my kids want to live like I'm walking it out. If you really want to see a humble person or see if they are a humble person, hang out with their kids. Wow. See what they say. That's excellent. And they'll act it out. I mean, really, that's what will happen. The children will act oh. it out because they're, they're not playing a game. No. And then when they say things, you're like, oh, I need to work on that in my life because they clearly heard that from me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the kids don't have a filter like that. Children don't have that filter. Like they'll just be 100% how they are. And they'll also just be how they are at home. And that is a product <laughs> of how they're being discipled. Well, and that's why I hear you have, you know, everybody's shelter in place. Man, you really see a lot of things. And uh, it's been really refining. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, the Lord's using this time of us being at home or being with family more. He's showing me areas that I need to improve in, areas that I need to look more like Christ. And so if you're open to that, this can be an incredible season of growth for every one of us. And the practical side of that, Kyle, is people will see the fruit of that coming from your life. Mm -hmm. They'll see the fruit of that humility coming out. Absolutely. 
the fruit of the Spirit to me is not for yourself, it's for other people to enjoy. That's excellent, because guess what? Fruit is supposed to feed, uh, not necessarily feed you, but it's supposed to feed other That's people, it. right? It just really takes me to what Jesus told Peter. Hey, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. That's a picture of humility to me, because he was calling Peter back to humility, really. I believe so. Man, that's that's good stuff. Kyle, thanks so much again. Man, time flies when you're having these awesome gospel conversations like we do and talking about the Lord and uh, talking about his goodness and what he's trying to teach us and show us. And really, he's trying to lead us to be more humble by being an example himself still. He's still our example, even today. And uh, being a person that is putting on the mind of Christ, that is walking through, thinking about those things, teaching us how he wants us to serve others. Uh, and that's what I'm still trying to learn myself, Kyle. So thanks for being a great example of that, for sharing your heart with us. The listeners will be very excited to hear this. And I think it's a good balance of here's the practical teaching and here's the practicalness of walking it out in humility itself. So Kyle, thanks for your time today. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.